Coming up on episode 27 of the Keto Camp Podcast, we have the founder of the world's healthiest keto coffee beans, Andrew Salisbury. healthier coffee is one of the smallest and easiest adjustments you can make in your diet for improved health and longevity. That is just, I mean, in 15 seconds, it's just that. If you do it every day, why not pay attention to something that actually has the power of being an incredible superfood for you? Pay attention to that first. You go to the gym, you eat, you know, you, you, you pay attention to what you eat and, you, and, and your supplements you take. If you're not paying attention to your coffee, that's a huge blind spot. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. I'm excited to share with you the founder of Purity Coffee. I was blown away by this interview. I had no idea the amazing benefits of the right type of coffee beans and the destruction of the wrong beans. So you're gonna be astonished by what he shares about the benefits of coffee for diabetes, for fatty liver, for heart disease, and the destruction of these moldy, toxic beans that most people are drinking. This is an amazing episode. If you're doing keto, you're probably drinking uh, some coffee. I'm a coffee snob myself, so I seek out the best coffee beans in the world. And I believe I found it with Purity Coffee. Andrew, who is the founder, he's going to explain what they do differently. The roasting process, the hand-picking process they have and they exclusively test their beans and other beans and they compare it and they give you all the research as well. They're doing pilot studies for their beans on certain diseases and they're just up to amazing things. And the bottom line is that they make every decision based off of health, not profit, not anything else. Health comes first and that's why I love it. You're gonna enjoy this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast with Andrew Salisbury, the founder of the Purity Coffee, amazing beans. If you wanna get your own batch of purity coffee go to ketocampcoffee.com remember that's camp with the k ketocampcoffee.com and get the beans these are the beans i drink so go ahead make your coffee and listen to this episode of the keto camp podcast with andrew salisbury from purity coffee welcome to the keto camp podcast andrew thank you very much thanks for having me I'm happy to have you here because I'm a coffee snob myself and I'm always looking for the best beans in the business and I think I found it with you guys. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a lot of the benefits of coffee, the dangers of the wrong types of coffee. But before we do, Andrew, I really want to go back to your story and your wife's story and how did you even get started in this industry? Yeah, it's it's sort of interesting because my background has nothing to do with coffee. Um, it occurred to me about four years ago because my wife was having some health issues 
and very low energy, um, difficult to get out of bed in the morning. And she started drinking a lot of coffee, like most of us do, to sort of self-medicate. And I remember more than one argument where I was telling her that it was probably a bad thing, that it was one foot on the accelerator, one foot on the brake, and that she really shouldn't be drinking as much coffee. And, and you know, the, the sort of refrain of the argument typically was, she wasn't about to give up her coffee without proof. <laughs> so I actually got very lucky and I was introduced to two professors at the Institute of Coffee studies at Vanderbilt University and um, took them out to dinner and I was asking all about coffee and expecting to get information to show that I was right and my wife was wrong and um, what they told me just completely blew me away which is that what the scientists know about the health benefits of coffee is very very different than what the general public understands about the health benefits of coffee so while a lot of people who are health conscious are trying to give up coffee or limit their coffee intake at least that was the case about four years ago there's huge health benefits with good quality coffee. And so that sort of started me down the journey of, they introduced me to one of the top coffee scientists in the world, which is Dr. Adriana Farrar from the University of Brazil. She's a professor there, and she's probably written three of the most formative textbooks on coffee and health. And we just started working together, looking at every step of the production process, um, with only one cr criteria in mind. If we only cared about the health benefits of coffee, what would we do differently? You know, what processes would we change? What sort of beans would we select? And could we actually find something that would make a difference in terms of a measurable difference in, in, in the health benefits of coffee? And that sort of as well as got, got us down on this uh, road. So you were looking for evidence to convince your wife that she should stop drinking the coffee. <laughs> And instead, you found evidence that maybe she should continue and you're going to start a company based off of this evidence. Well, it, it, it was sort of overwhelming. And the first thing, you know, the, 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 the big moment for me is when I understood there were so many health benefits to coffee, my very next question is, okay, fantastic, I'm convinced. What do I buy? And no one could tell me of a coffee brand that I could buy. No one could tell me of a place where every decision was based on health. They could only tell me criteria. They could say, it's this sort of bean, and you need to have it organic, and it needs to be roasted in this type of way, it needs to be fresh. And they, they could give me a shopping list of things that I should care about. But even if you went into the, you know, the best specialty coffee stores, you know, they typically wouldn't have that shopping list of, of things. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't even know which coffee fit that criteria. So that's where I saw the opportunity, an opportunity to um, hopefully do a lot of good in the sense that 164 million Americans will get up this morning and drink a cup of coffee. Given it's something that everybody does, you know, most people do every single day, a small adjustment in the quality of your coffee can have a meaningful impact on your, uh, your overall health. Yeah, and I'm one of those statistics. We just, we know, we said cheers to our purity coffee that we have in our cup right now. Okay, so what were some of the challenges before you even started your company? You just mentioned, you know, finding the right beans and the right source. And I know the processing, that's definitely part of the picture there. But what, what were some of the initial challenges that you found when you started up your, your company? It took us about two years to realize whether there was a company or not. So it was two years in research and development because I was half expecting that every stage I would find a big gotcha. I would find that either we couldn't do things that change the measurable benefit of the coffee or in the end the coffee would taste like ditch water and it would be $200 a pound. I mean, there was more reasons why I thought that this wouldn't turn into a business than it would turn into a business. But we were lucky having some really good guides along the way 
telling us all the right things to do in terms of decisions for health. And um, eventually it got to a point where after we put in all of the processes and came out with a bag of coffee, we decided, okay, we've got to see if this is measurable. So we wanted to measure for all of the good stuff. And the main benefit in coffee comes from chlorogenic acids, which is the antioxidants in coffee. We wanted to measure for that and compare it to the top 49 brands of coffee uh, in the US from Folgers, Maxwell House to the very high-end specialty coffees. And we also wanted to make sure that we had an absence of all the bad stuff, which are things like mold, mycotoxins, pesticide residue, rancid beans, chip broken beans. There's just a number of things that you should care about in your coffee if you're making every decision based on health. And the great news was when we tested with three independent labs, we were the single highest coffee and antioxidants by a long shot of any of the coffees we tested. So that was the first moment we thought, okay, we actually can make a difference if we pay attention to the health benefits of coffee. We can actually make a difference by changing a few of these fundamental things in our in our sourcing and our processing and and the delivery of the coffee. I love it. So let's let's talk about and you don't have to name names here, but there's a lot of different brands out there, a lot of companies who sell high end coffee and uh, they're not doing it the way that you do it. So what are some of the the things you see out there that um, are causing actually negative effects from the coffee, like the mold, the pesticides. I read that coffee was the number one sprayed crop in the world when it comes to pesticides. And uh, so what are some of the negative effects you see out there with coffee that claims to be healthy when in reality you've done tests and it's not necessarily so? Yeah, and it was explained to me early on that one of the problems is that people don't buy coffee based on health. At least they didn't four years ago. Um, They don't buy coffee based on health. Therefore, most of the people who produce coffee don't keep health in mind when they're producing the coffee. And so there's a lot of shortcuts because the big drivers in coffee today are the cost of the coffee, the convenience of the coffee, and the taste of the coffee. So if you're looking at very high-end specialty coffee, they care all about the taste. And they care about the process and the farms and, and it's all great stuff, but they're not looking at the health benefits and they're not looking at the antioxidant contents of the coffee. And if on the low end, you're looking at just a delivery system that does it at the lowest price and the highest margin. So a lot of corners can be cut. There's just so many, but I can give you a few examples. I mean, the most obvious one to start with is the fact that, as you said, coffee is the most heavily treated crop on the planet next to tobacco. It's treated in countries that don't have the same level of oversight that you do in the US, which means pesticides and herbicides that are used in those countries wouldn't be allowed to be used in the US, but nevertheless, it it ends up in your cup. And that's that's a big issue. Then there's an issue with the humidity of the coffee. Without getting into too many details, what, what happens when you process the coffee and it's dried out and it's ready to be shipped, what happens is that the price of the coffee is based on the weight. It's considered a commodity. There's a fixed price for it. So a lot of farmers will spray their coffee with water, which will moisten the coffee so it's heavier. It absorbs that. And then you're shipping it and shipping it across you know, uh, continents and you're getting mold and mycotoxins and some of the issues there with it. Roasting of the coffee, if you only care about taste, then the coffee is going to be roasted in a very dark way sometimes or a light way, but there's no compensation on either at the light end of the scale creating acrylamide, the dark end of the scale creating a thing called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which you get from any sort of burnt food, and also the antioxidants drop off dramatically in the coffee as you roast it. So. Yeah, those are all problems right there. And if if you're not aware of it, you're going to be going to your local coffee shop or your chain coffee shop, and you're going to be drinking this every single morning, not realizing that 
it might have pesticides. It might have these mycotoxins. It might have even heavy metals in it and you're not aware of it. So what could that lead to? If somebody's drinking this every single morning, this pesticide-laden mycotoxin drink with low antioxidants, maybe no antioxidants, what would that do to a person? It's very difficult to give a straight answer to that. The the reason I say that is that there's been about 19,000 studies done on coffee and health. It's one of the most well-researched foods on the planet. And generally, the health benefits of coffee are just, you know, obvious. It has huge health benefits when it comes to liver, prevention of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and that sort of thing. But the reason I say that, those tests were done on coffee, you know, over the last 40 or 50 years. So the range of coffee that people were drinking was everywhere from Donald's to the high-end specialty coffees, and nobody's done any tests where they've distinguished between the quality of the coffee and what the health benefits are. The good news is that even with this wide range, there's huge health benefits linked to coffee. So our perspective is this. Coffee's good for you, but it can be made better. If you pay a little attention to it, then if these health benefits are present with just normal coffee, what would happen if you had two to three times the antioxidants, if you didn't have to be ingesting the pesticides along with the chlorogenic acids, which are great for you, if the coffee was fresh instead of stale, you know, all of these sort of things. But it'll be a long while before we actually know what the impact is. The problem is we just sort of like in these type of things, you have to take your your best guess and say, if I'm drinking a coffee that's free of pesticides, that's fresh, that's specially grade, the highest quality, and is roasted to maintain the antioxidants, is it better than a coffee which is poor quality, likely to have mold, mycotoxins, yeast, that sort of thing? And so, again, it's a bit of a wild guess, but it's not too much of a leap. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some red flags that my listeners could look out for when they're buying coffee that, you know, if it comes from this region or if it has this on the label, that it's probably one of the bad ones that we were just talking about? Are are there any red flags they should look out for? Yeah, and I've been asked this question a lot. And, you know, when I think about this, I think about if my wife is traveling and she wants to get a good cup of coffee, what does she get when she goes into a into a coffee shop and she can't get purity? So the first step is that she should ask for organic coffee and it should be specially grade. So specially grade means it's the very highest grade of coffee. You're already starting at a, a sort of poor level if you're getting coffee that's sort of supermarket boards. So you really want to find a coffee roaster, especially grade, and you want to look for a, a medium roast. It's called city to full city. And there's a good reason for a medium roast, and that is that under-roasted coffee has higher levels of acrylamide and over-roasted coffee. You have burnt compounds in the coffee and you also have a lot lower levels of antioxidants. And then the final thing, if you're just going to a, a place to buy coffee, you need to make sure that the coffee is fresh. Antioxidants drop off quite dramatically after about 20 days of roasting. Yeah, those are great tips right there. So specialty grade, make sure it's that medium roast and that it's freshly roasted. You said antioxidants drop off after around 20 days. That's pretty fast. Uh, organic is probably the, that, that's your starting point. I mean, we talk about, you know, purity coffee is beyond organic, but the very, the basic starting point, if your coffee's not organic, I mean, I feel strongly about this, but my advice is don't drink coffee that's not organic. I mean, even if you're going to buy it, you can. there's plenty of uh, sources for good organic coffee that's fresh. But I think there's a really big disconnect with the fact that about 13% of Americans buy organic fruits and vegetables, but only 3% of Americans buy organic coffee. Mm. So there's a real gap there, which is, you know, and I don't know why, given the fact it's something that we do every single day, you know, religiously. 
That's a problem. You know, if, if somebody's buying non-organic coffee at their coffee shop and they're getting maybe like a croissant or something that has gluten with it, right? So they're drinking these pesticides, opening up their tight junctions. They're eating the gluten. The gluten is going into their bloodstream and it's creating this autoimmune response, leaky gut and uh, autoimmune disease. So it's just every day if they're doing this, that's a really bad habit. So if you could just make that switch to organic you'll negate some of that damage. So, okay, let's get to Purity Coffee. Uh, I love Purity Coffee. I drink it every single morning, and, and I've been doing that for over a year now. I think over it's been actually over a year that it, it's been my go-to coffee, and I, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I've you know searched other brands, and I found some good ones, but it wasn't until I came across Purity Coffee that I was like, wow, this is tastes really good. You have the research to back it up, and I love your process. So could you explain what you guys do differently, your process, what you look for, and just how you don't cut any corners and what you said you are beyond organic? Could you break that down for the listeners? Yeah, I mean, the starting point was really that, that, that primary question, which is what would you do if every decision was based on health and you didn't want to make any compromise? So some of the decisions you would say would be very obvious. They, they were easy decisions to make. So if you're looking at the choice between organic coffee or, or coffee with pesticides, that's a five-minute decision. If you only care about the health benefits of coffee, of course you're going to pick organic coffee. But then there's a number of other things that go into that um, that, that are less um, obvious. So the first thing is it has to be organic. The second thing is it needs to be specialty grade. And specialty grade means the very highest grade of coffee. So the reason why that matters when it comes to your health is because every time a uh, coffee drops down a grade, it's because there's defects in the coffee. And defects are things like mold in the coffee, they're broken or chipped beans, they're over-fermented beans. And all of these represent a poor practice in the farm or in the way that the coffee's processed. So the high grade of coffee that's important over the years now through testing you know hundreds of coffees from around the world we've noticed there's some parallels between farming practices and coffees that are higher in antioxidants so we only pick coffee that is hand-picked and hand-selected so the reason for that is there's a lot of mass production in coffee and they take these big sort of tractors that go between the coffee trees and they're all lined up in rows, almost like a rows of grape trees. And so basically what they're doing is they're scraping all of the trees and they're pulling off the underripe berries, the overripe berries and the perfectly ripe berries at the same time as twigs and stones. And then their job is to filter it out afterwards and try and take all the contaminants and the overripe berries out of the coffee. And that creates some real problems that you can never get away from if you've created them in the beginning. It's sort of like taking a moldy strawberry and putting in a vat of fresh strawberries. That whole vat of strawberries is going to go moldy very, very quickly. So you can't introduce mold in any stage of the process. And not having hand-picked, hand-selected is, is one, of the, uh, one of the problems. Then what we do, I think, is probably what the, one of the most important things is we test for mold, we test for mycotoxins, we test for pesticide residue. And then beyond that, we define a roasting protocol that we work with the University of Brazil with. And basically, the roasting protocol is for every harvest, there's a sweet spot, spot in the roast where you're trying to keep the most of the antioxidants in the coffee. And so we lab test a roast at about 50 different points on the roast and we're pulling out samples and we're plotting the curve of where antioxidants drop off and we're pulling our coffee out at the right points. So that's a, that's a big issue, um, the amount of antioxidants in your coffee. And then the final thing I would say is freshness. Most people are drinking stale coffee. 
if your coffee was roasted more than 15 to 20 days ago, there's a big drop off in antioxidants as well. So freshness is a big deal. Yeah. It's clear that you you know what you're doing here and uh, you, you go above and beyond the, the call of duty because I've never heard coffee companies talk about that, handpicking versus what you just explained, how they have these machines. I just take the all, all beans, whether they're moldy or not, and they mix it together. And uh, that's a huge issue because like you said, if you're throwing in a moldy strawberry with healthy strawberries, it's going to mix with it and that mold's going to expand you mentioned the studies, how you test this. Where can uh, Is there a link for that that you could provide for me that I could put in the notes? Absolutely. So we've decided to be very transparent as a company. And we actually want to encourage other people to look at health benefits of coffee when they're producing their coffee as well. We think that this, this is a very big market. We would really want to encourage other coffee companies to do this. So we've been very transparent about our results and all of our testing. And we're constantly trying to beat our own results from the previous harvest with more antioxidants. But I'll send you the link. And it's basically three independent labs. We work with the uh, University of Brazil, the University of, uh, of Lisbon, Portugal, and worked with a, a mold, a silica, which is basically mold and pesticide residue in, in the US. We published all our results and we published all of our standards as well. Things like we, we talked about the hand-picked, hand-selected, bird-friendly is another one that we, that, that we have as a standard. All of these based on health and with an explanation of why we do these based on health. Awesome. Yeah. So send, he's going to send me the link and I'm going to put that in the notes. If you want to check that out, uh, we encourage you to do so. You, you said at the beginning when you were sitting down at dinner, learning about coffee, learning about, you know, you wanted to pick the brains of these individuals. You learned that the scientists have a different understanding of coffee than the general public. And they know a lot of benefits of coffee that the general public does not know of. So what are some of those benefits that you learn? And can you go a little deep into that, what, what you've learned over the years and what coffee does to the body in a beneficial way? Yeah, the most important thing is when I looked at a list of all of the health benefits of coffee, my original sort of uh, assumption is this just can't be right. How could one product have so many health benefits that are so diverse, like the prevention of type 2 diabetes or the prevention of liver disease, fatty liver disease or end-stage liver disease as well? And I was so surprised that it could have so many different benefits. And then it was explained to me that the reason for that is coffee is the number one source of antioxidants and that reduces inflammation in your body and that has an impact on all parts of your of your total system. That's probably the fundamental part of why coffee seems to have all of these health benefits. It's not just a delivery system for caffeine, it's a delivery system for great quality um, antioxidants. And the areas that I was most surprised with were things like liver disease, fatty liver disease, and the prevention of type 2 diabetes. We have on our advisory board, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, who was the last dean of faculty for Harvard Med School, and he's a liver surgeon. And the reason why he's on our advisory board and he's passionate about this is he says in 35 years as a liver surgeon, he's never seen anyone with end-stage liver disease who's a coffee drinker. He says, if you drink three to five cups of coffee a day, you don't see me, which is shocking. Wow. You know, he's somebody who's been talking to doctors, you know, thousands of doctors about the health benefits of coffee. He's got a number of books on it, you know, for the last 35 years. And so if anyone is concerned about liver health, they should be drinking coffee. I mean, it's, it's an absolute must. It's one of the most basic things that you can do when looking at, uh, at liver health. You just inspired me because I have a lot of clients that I work with one-on-one -on -one who have fatty liver. They have non-alcoholic fatty liver and type 2 diabetes. And I didn't really, I've never considered having coffee as their protocol. You know, now it's making sense to me that 
it can't hurt them. Obviously, if it's the right coffee, it could actually only help them. So I'm inspired to start putting that into their protocols. So awesome. And that's a great point. I mean, in terms of do no harm, you're not going to do any harm by telling somebody to drink instead of the normal coffee they drink, go in and find a great quality organic coffee that's roasted or paid where they pay attention to health. So, you know, it really is one of these things that's a 2% adjustment from what your patients are doing anyway. So it's, uh, you know, that's why we think it's important. The area that I'm most interested in that I had the, the biggest surprise was the, the prevention of type 2 diabetes. It's incredibly well studied. So there's a, a nurse's study, 1,109,000 people tracked over 30 years that shows that if you drink between three to five cups of coffee a day, you have a 45% lower chance of ever developing type 2 diabetes. And on our site, you can see all of these studies and you can research them yourself. But I mean, what, what's crazy to me is 25 million Americans have diabetes, but 81 million Americans are pre-diabetic. And if coffee isn't something that they're paying attention to, then I feel like that's just one of these obvious things that people would be looking at to help them prevent type 2 diabetes, which really is a worldwide health crisis. Hey, pardon the interruption here. I wanted to let you know I'm launching a program called Beyond Fasting. This is a seven-week program that is designed to teach you how to follow the keto diet and fasting the right way so you can get all the amazing benefits of human growth hormone, which is the fat-burning, powerful fat-burning hormone, anti-aging hormone. Learn how to do keto the right way. Learn how to do fasting the right way. And I want to teach you everything I know. I'm taking 50 people through this program, and I release this program every 90 days. The next one is launching on September 16th, which is just a couple weeks away, and it's first come, first serve. If you head over to www.ketocampfasting.com, you could secure your spot today, and I'm also giving away over $3,000 in free gifts for anybody who signs up today. Remember, that's camp with the K, www.ketocampfasting.com. Learn all about the program. I'd love for you to enroll in it and be a part of the 50 people in this intimate group setting. All right, back to my interview with Andrew. That's amazing. Coffee for diabetes. I mean, that's, I never heard it in that light. And you're right. I mean, my father died from the complications of type 2 diabetes. 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic, it is, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So doing something, if you're listening to this and you're pre-diabetic or you're overweight, which probably means you might have fatty liver, or you are type 2 diabetic, it's just switching your coffee to a coffee like Purity, a, a very organic, high antioxidant coffee, it cannot hurt you and only could help you. And that's just one small switch that you just make. You just change your brand to this brand, and all of a sudden you're going to get healthier, along with keto, along with fasting, along, along with the, all, all the other tools that we teach. But this is such a simple swap. I encourage you guys to go to the website. I'm going to put a link for that, for the website and all the studies he's mentioned in the notes. So go do a little digging, look at the research. It's mind-blowing to me. I'm just hearing about this, and, and I'm, in, I'm inspired to start implementing coffee as my protocol with my type 2 diabetic patients and pretty much anybody. I think I think it's important for anybody who's already drinking coffee to just make that switch to something that's going to only benefit them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good point. I mean, the reason why we've got this problem with, with diabetes is not a lack of information. We all know that, you know, we need to exercise more and drink less and cut out sugar and eat more fruits and vegetables. And it's not a lack of information that's stopping us from making the decisions. It's that these decisions are sometimes difficult to make. I mean, it's hard to do big lifestyle changes and exercise more for a lot of people. And a shift in, in the quality of your coffee is a very easy decision. And, and that should be one of, that's the way we look at it, is, is one of the easier things that you can do in a shopping list of things that, that you should be doing. Yeah, right on. What would you say would be the most surprising benefit you've come across when with, with coffee? If, if you've mentioned it already, you can mention it. But what's been the most surprising thing that you've seen? Like, oh, wow, this coffee actually has sh- been shown to do this? There's so many weird things. I mean, in the first two years, it was almost a weekly uh, occurrence where I'm, I was saying to my wife, I can't believe it. You know, coffee helps with gout or coffee helps with, you know, heart disease or coffee helps with tooth decay. I mean, things that you're going to see sound like they're crazy, but, you know, just do a, a Google search and look it up and just search some of those things like coffee and, and gout or coffee and, uh, you know, some of the main ones like type 2 diabetes and liver. They're the obvious ones, heart disease. But there's just so many areas that coffee seems to help with, and they're very large, well-researched studies. And I think it's all just coming down to the antioxidants, which is, you know, it's the only explanation that the scientists have come up with at this point. And what Adriana tells us is that's the only reason why you could have such a wide range of benefits, because coffee's been sorted and they've, they've had the same results with regular coffee and with caf- decaffeinated coffee with most of these things. So... You know, I don't know if there's any one thing that, that became surprising. I mean, maybe I say that the way coffee interacts with certain conditions like coffee and HIV, if people have HIV, it's been shown to have a huge health benefit in terms of longevity. If you have the BRAC BR, BRCA1 or 2 uh, mutation, coffee seems to have a real big health benefit, like 40 to 50% longevity, uh, increased longevity in the period of studies. Wow. I mean, the problem is those things, those studies are not of the same sort of magnitude as the other smaller studies. So, I mean, the studies that are, that are very well researched, uh, I would say type 2 diabetes, liver, um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, um, heart disease, that you make one. Yeah, it's so fascinating. What are some of the myths out there surrounding coffee? I know one of them. I mean, coffee is acidic. Could you break that down? Yeah, and people use the fact that they say that the coffee is acidic as a catch-all that we found. So we've got, you know, 1,800 five-star testimonials on our site, and a lot of people are telling us that they, they can drink our coffee when they couldn't drink other coffees. And they're asking us, well, is it lower acidity? And it's exactly the same acidity as other coffees when it comes to a pH balance. But coffee is no more acidic than watermelon. So it's not actually very acidic. And if you if you eat a lemon, it's incredibly acidic. But of course, that doesn't cause you know health problems or stomach problems. So what we're thinking is that this is a result of sensitivity to areas like pesticide residue, to molds, to substandard coffee, to coffee that's stale. And that's a real issue. I mean, most people, as I said, are drinking stale coffee. So the oils and the lipids on the coffee have turned rancid. And that's it's just not good for you to drink. And so while we can't pinpoint exactly what the thing is that's causing those stomach problems, we know it's probably not acidity. And we know that if you remove any of these negative compounds, it seems to have a huge difference to the way that people can you know, tolerate their coffee. 
Yeah, there you go. So if, you, if you're a coffee drinker like we are and you're all about your coffee and your friends tell you it's bad for you, it's acidic, you could say, yeah, if it's the crappy kind of coffee, maybe, but not the good stuff. Uh, are there any misconceptions or, or myths around coffee you want to kind of debunk? I mean, the, the biggest ones is, you know, the, the, and this is the area that I was most surprised in when I started researching coffee is there's so many people who are health conscious who try to cut down on coffee and, you know, replace it with tea. Coffee has seven times the antioxidants that green tea has. I mean, it's just, it's not even close. Tea has done a great job in terms of branding as the health drink. And if you're really health conscious, you should be drinking tea. Absolutely, it's not going to do you any harm, but it's it's not as well studied as coffee when it comes to the health benefits. So I would just say that there's been a lot of misconceptions. Originally, it happened in the in the 50s and 60s because a lot of the studies that were done on the health benefits of coffee or the health risks of coffee, they didn't factor in that the people that were in these studies were smokers and drinkers. And back then, you know, doctors were actually prescribing cigarettes or they were saying, this cigarette is, this is the cigarette that I smoke and smoking in a doctor's office. So really when they reversed for, for those findings and they took out the smokers and the alcohol consumption, the findings actually reversed and that's what we're seeing now you know unfortunately it takes about 14 years I've been told to get information from the lab down to the general public I mean you know there's developments that we know that have got the Nobel Prize you know that are like telomeres that are only now filtering down to the general public and so you know I think uh, I would encourage people to do their own research I think that they would be surprised in a short period of time how quickly they would understand how how good a coffee really is for them. Do you plan on maybe working with some researchers to conduct your, your own study on, on purity coffee and, and the benefits it does with everything you're talking about, telomeres, fatty liver, diabetes? Do you plan on doing something like that? We're doing that right now. It's going to take it take some time. We're doing a number of studies like that in terms of prevention of type 2 diabetes in different groups and liver with some professionals in the industry that can, you know, give us the right directions. There's certain compounds that you can dial up in coffee that we know are helpful beyond the antioxidants for certain problems. So things like in the liver, cafestol and, and cowiol is very good for, for liver health. And so there's ways to actually, what we're working on is dialing up certain compounds in the roast so we can get more of them for that particular from that particular coffee so that if people are looking at certain things they want the coffee to help with, we're trying to create compounds that would be better for them. It's a long road. It's going to take us a, a long while. But, you know, right now we're just trying to keep on beating the last coffee and just improving the quality of the coffee. And, uh, you know, that's the that's the challenge. I love that. I wear a T-shirt. Uh, I'm not wearing it now, but I usually wear a T-shirt that says Beat Yesterday. And I just, I just envisioned you wearing a shirt that says Beat Yesterday's Coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it's exactly what you said. Uh, so are you saying that you're, and I might have gotten this wrong, but are you going to develop a specific coffee with more of these compounds for somebody who has type 2 diabetes or these diseases? If we can test it, if we can test it, I mean, it, it won't happen until we've really done some extensive lab tests with patients. I mean, this is a new level. This isn't, what we're doing today is we're just trying to make uh, every decision based on health and provide the highest quality organic coffee that we possibly can because we think it's good for you. We're at the first rung of the ladder. We think that after this, there's areas that we can focus on in terms of compounds in coffee that we want to dial up. 
Um, I don't know if there's something that we're going to have to get FDA approval for, or whether it's it's going to be it's going to be a new level of, of complexity. But we're working to see how we can improve our coffee for specific illnesses that coffee has been shown to help. That's awesome. I know that it's it's a long process, but when do you think you'll have some results from this? It, it, it's probably at least a couple of years. I mean, it's not a tomorrow thing. Right. It's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, we're learning so much because what's interesting is because no one's asked this question about what decisions they could make if if health was the only criteria. People are coming up with great suggestions. We're testing them. We're finding which ones work and which ones don't. And, and they're coming from the, you know, the strangest places. Processes that we wouldn't have thought would have a big impact have had actually a large impact. And, you know, there's, it, it's like a production line. Every step of the production line, you can improve just one part, 5%, 10%, and it has an overall knock-on effect of just creating something that is uh, is better for you. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Andrew, what's the most excited thing that you're working on right now? It might have been what you just mentioned, but what's the, the thing that lights you up the most right at this very moment? Um, I would say that. I would say the idea that we could customize coffee and dial up certain compounds. It's going to be, that's a long road, but I think that's the most interesting road because it's where the scientists and the doctors and professors that we've got involved are most interested in because it's something that takes coffee from just being the delivery system for caffeine to something which is really just a nutraceutical and, and something which could be impactful for overall health. I mean, I'm most interested in advancing the conversation about coffee and health so people who've got um, health problems that coffee can help with understand that this is just a small thing that they should pay attention to. That's probably the area I'm most interested in, just you know, getting on, on shows like this and being able to talk about, uh, talk about the health benefits of coffee because people are starting to recognize that this is just a small adjustment that they can make. Right. So if you hit your goals... Let's say you hit all of your goals in the next 10 years. What would that look like for Purity Coffee 10 years from now? That's a great question. Wow. Um, I would say for me personally is that right now people buy coffee based on price and they buy it on taste and they buy it on convenience. In other words, um, you know, it's all about Nespresso pods or, 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 you know, how cheap their coffee is. I think there should be a fourth reason that people buy coffee. If they knew what I knew about coffee, they would buy coffee based on health. If in 10 years, people are also buying coffee based on health, I would say as a fourth criteria, as a recognized fourth criteria, I would say that is a huge, huge win. Yes, I agree. If we can play a part in that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to play my part in that for sure. I'm all about educating. So that's why I have you on the show. That's why I I drink your product because I believe in your mission and there's a lot of uh, synchronicities here. So I love what you're doing. You speak a lot about health and making your decisions based off of health. And that's, that's the right mindset. I want to know what your definition is of perfect health. What would be your definition of perfect health? It's a, It's a difficult question because my focus isn't so much perfect health as much as moving people from where they are 
a few degrees to the right. In other words, if, you know, wherever they are on the spectrum, what we've noticed with our customers is it's almost like a barbell. We have people on one end of the spectrum who concerns with fatty liver and they've got type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetic and they've got some real health concerns and they're about to make a change in their lifestyle and this is a great change to have in their lifestyle. We've got people on the other end of the spectrum who are just, you know, uber healthy and people like yourself and work out, have very good uh, protocols when it comes to diet and health and this is one thing that has been overlooked that they should uh, should pay attention to in their diet and now they're paying attention to. So it's less about where they are, more about movement from where they are to, you know, a few degrees to the right. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is your your definition is is progression, just uh constantly improving. I love that. And I, that's exactly it. Beat yesterday. Just get better than you were yesterday. I think that's great. So I want to know if you had, let's say it's a Super Bowl commercial, right? And you had 15 seconds, maybe 30, to give your message of Purity Coffee to the world. Millions of people who are going to watch this commercial. How would you condense your message within this time slot? What would you say to the world? Probably that that drinking healthier coffee is one of the smallest and easiest adjustments you can make in your diet for improved health and longevity. That it's just, I mean, in 15 seconds, it's just that. You do it every day. Why not pay attention to something that actually has the power of being an incredible superfood for you? Pay attention to that first. You go to the gym, you eat, you know, you you, you pay attention to what you eat and and, and your supplements you take. If you're not paying attention to your coffee, that's a huge blind spot because you do it all day. Yeah, so coffee could be a gift and a curse. You could have the best of it and get the amazing benefits and uh, increase lifespan and health span, or you could actually decrease lifespan and health span. So it's kind of like, it's your choice. So that that's what it's about. It's your choice. And you're educating that. And this podcast is going to do part of that, be part of that message. What's nice about this is it's a pleasant shift. In other words, you know, our coffee is not like, or, or great quality coffee is not like drinking wheatgrass. You don't have to choke it down. You're not saying, okay, yeah. I know this is good for me, but uh, I hate this stuff. I have to do it every morning. When you drink a great quality organic coffee, I mean, you're going to say, this is coffee? but well, this is incredible. You know, and you'll feel better as well. It's not just a long-term benefit. Uh, the difference between drinking great quality coffee and poor quality coffee is you'll feel clearer, better performance. I mean, it'll it'll affect all areas of your life. So it's it's not only an easy adjustment; it's a pleasant adjustment. Totally, I, I can tell you this. I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat breakfast. I do have my my coffee, my purity coffee, and I'll throw in some grass-fed ghee and I'll throw in some MCT oil. See, we're both drinking our coffee here. And when I do that and I practice intermittent fasting along with it, so if you're an entrepreneur, I hope you're listening to this, I feel like I have superpowers. I have energy, I have focus, I have clarity. I am not hungry, I'm satiated. And I could go until 4 or 5 p.m. or even the next day and, and be fine because this powers me through the day. And I notice a difference. If I had breakfast and I didn't have the coffee, I wouldn't function as well. I wouldn't be as productive. I have uh, energy uh, dip throughout the day. So if you're an entrepreneur and you want to just take it to the next level, you want to get fat adapted and then practice intermittent fasting with some coffee, purity coffee, and you're going to notice that you're going to just increase your, your results and your health as well. Last question I have for you before I ask you where my audience could find more of, of, of what you're doing. What are you grateful for right now, Andrew? I think 
the opportunity. My last business was was a software company in Latin America. I was passionate about business, but not necessarily passionate about the product. And this is the first business, strangely, that I'm just I'm just all in. I mean, I'd loved business before, but the opportunity to have a business that is just so interesting, so thought-provoking, and, and potentially can change, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's lives, that's what I'm most uh, excited about. It, it's, I, I get to play in a space that really can make a difference, and it's, it's, it's very exciting. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it doesn't feel like work. No. I, I want to, uh, well, first I want to tell the listeners that if you're interested in getting this coffee, go to ketocampcoffee.com. And remember, it's camp with the K. And you could buy your, your coffee beans. This is where I get it from. And it's Purity Coffee Beans, of course. And uh, I want to acknowledge you, Andrew. I want to acknowledge Purity Coffee and, and what you're doing. You went from the pain that you experienced with your wife getting sick, you turned that into purpose. And now you're living on purpose with that purpose. And like you said, you're, you're changing lives, my friend. And it's such a shift that people don't understand yet. At least the masses don't, but I I see you dedicated to delivering this message to the world. Let them know that, Hey, if you just make this switch, it is crucial for your health. It is crucial for your longevity. And you guys are doing it. I see purity coffee everywhere with major influencers and I see it just growing and growing and growing. And I just want to acknowledge you because you don't cut corners you make decisions based off of health. You don't make decisions based off of um, profit. You do it based off of what you can do to bring health to the world, to educate the world. And you have the studies to back it up. So I want to acknowledge you and say thank you. Thank you, Purity Coffee, and just all the work you're doing, Andrew. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, on the show. It's great. Yeah. So what, what's your social media and uh, where can my, my viewers find more about Purity Coffee? On our site, puritycoffee.com, that's probably the best starting point. Um, we've, we've got a lot of information there, probably too much. I'm sure the, the marketing people would say that it's just too much information heavy. But for us, we really wanted to lead with education. And so there's just everything that you can you, you could be interested in about coffee there and coffee and health. So, uh, yeah, that's a good place to start. Well, there you go. I'm going to put every single link we spoke about in the notes. So go to the notes, get educated, continue to dig a little deeper make the switch and your future self will thank you for it so Andrew thank you so much again for your time oh thank you that's great well I told you that was going to blow your mind the amazing benefits of coffee I bet you didn't know all those benefits hey I didn't know it myself if you found this conversation and this podcast episode useful and you've been getting a lot of benefits from the Keto Camp podcast I want to just ask you to please rate and review this podcast. Take about 30 seconds out of your day today and do me this favor. Head over to iTunes, rate it, review it, and then share the episode with a friend. Share it with a family member. Share it with a fellow coffee drinker who's drinking toxic coffee like, uh, I don't want to name the brands out there, but we know who they are. They're everywhere. And those are the ones that are causing leaky gut and inflammation in the body. So they can make a simple switch here with coffee. It's a simple thing you do. You just swap out the brand and your body's going to benefit for it. So go ahead and make sure you go to ketocampcoffee.com if you want to get your bag of purity coffee. That's ketocamp, camp with the K, coffee.com. And make sure you rate and review this podcast. If you're not subscribed to the Keto Camp YouTube channel, we are blowing up on that platform. I love YouTube and I'm putting out a lot of content, three to four brand new videos every single week. So go to youtube.com slash keto camp 
and subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell to make sure you're getting notified. If you haven't gotten my Keto Kickstart Guide yet, it's a free resource for you. Go to www.ketokickstartguide.com. I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. I'm always grateful that you do this and have an amazing day and stay tuned for the next episode of Keto Camp Podcast. from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.